Danger. That's just about across the street, Joe. Okay. I case the place for a week. The old watchman goes out to a saloon the same time every night. Stays away about half an hour. Right. The guy will be in there alone. The stuff is in the safe over in the corner. The safe is open. Okay, now get going. And don't flub it, you hear? Okay, this is a stick-up. Up in your hands and don't say a word. Don't worry, I won't. Now, Buster, reach into that safe. Bring out the dough. All right. And don't open that mouth. I'm warning you. What's going on? Rich old man. Oh, stick up, huh? You're not getting away with this. I'm... You flubbed it, didn't you? You couldn't help pulling that trigger. It was your fault. You said there was only one guy in there. Another one came sweeping up the back. The old man wearing a gray suit? Yeah. Ah, no what? He must have come back early. Hey, this isn't good. Okay, listen. You set up this thing. There's going to be a pushover. Now I'm mixed up in the murder app. Forget it. Forget it. Forget a murder app? Think I'm not... Don't get so excited. I'll take care of it. Yeah, how? Cold? You're going to have an alibi. A perfect alibi. This is Steve Granger, private detective, with a story about a carefully organized alibi which blew up right in the organizer's faces. In just a minute, I'll take you back to one of my most interesting cases. Granger. It was a warm fall night, and I was walking down 7th Avenue in the direction of my apartment without a care in the world. So I thought. Just ahead of me, I caught a glimpse of color which drew my eye to the girl crouched in a dark doorway. As I approached her, she ran forward. Granger. Granger, I've got to talk to you. Hey, I remember you from someplace. Name's, um, Evie, isn't it? Yes, Evie, I'm Granger. You've got to hide me out. You've got to keep them away from me. Well, who are you talking about? I'll get to her apartment house up ahead. Can we go there? Please, please, there isn't much time. Okay, come on. Faster, Granger, faster. As I walked along the corridor towards my apartment, I looked at Evie Hunt. I met her some time back at a party. Remembered that she was a professional model. As I opened the door, I wondered what the caper was all about. All right, Evie. Now, who's after you? Pull down the blinds first. Somebody can see in. You're <laughs> shaky as a fat man in a reducing machine. Suppose you explain this deal. Granger, did you read about the shooting night before last? That watchman who was wounded in an attempted robbery? Don't tell me you did the shooting. No, but I'm being forced to furnish the alibi. What do you mean you're being forced to furnish the alibi? You know the man who did the shooting? I never met him before two hours ago. But you say you're going to alibi him. You sound like a word called perjury. That's it. Tell the cops. They'd love it. I can't. Why not? This isn't the first time I've perjured myself. I don't think I want any part of this, Evie. Please, please, listen to what I have to tell you. Maybe after that you'll help me. Okay, I'm listening. Well, it started about three years ago. I was working hard at being a model. I had a roommate who was in love with a man. She, she didn't know he was married. 
When she found out she was furious, her lawyer told her to sue, but she needed somebody to, to testify that this man had promised to marry her. You were the somebody. Yeah, well, I felt sorry for her. Besides, I thought I really remembered hearing him say such things. Sure, then. Well, a couple of months later, I was contacted by another man. This time, a boy had slipped and fallen on the ice in front of a building. You testified again and got the money for it. Yeah. I ought to pick up that phone and tell the police what you've just told me. That's the dirtiest of all the rackets, alibying guilty people out of the penitentiary. Ranger, please, listen a little while longer. A little while, that's all. I got a call today from a certain man. They call him a fixer, if you know what that is. I do. He wanted me to come over to his apartment. So I went. When I got there, he introduced me to someone. Evie, meet Cole Martell. Hiya. Cole here is in a little jam. Now, knowing that you're a girl with a big heart, I figured that... Cut it out, cut it out. What do I do and how much? I thought we might arrange for Cole to be with you night before last, around 9 o'clock. Give me the facts. Well, there was a stick-up, see? Mm-hmm. An was shot. Another one got a good look at Cole. It'd be too bad if they arrested him. Okay, what do I do... I have one of those street photographers lined up. He'll snap a picture of you and Cole. He'll date it the afternoon of the night the shooting took place. Okay, by me. You and Cole were together that afternoon and all that evening until rather late. You went over to Palisades Park. I can say that for how much? Two fifty. <laughs> you know me better than that. Is the man dead? No, just wounded. Here's a newspaper story on the holder. Mm-hmm. Dirty dog. What? What's the matter with you? I'll alibi you, Cole. I'll alibi you right into the pen. I'll see you both in jail before I get through. That watchman Cole shot happens to be my ex-father-in-law. You're doing exactly as I told you to. Get out of my way. I'm leaving. No, you're not, baby. You're going to alibi me if it's the last thing you do. (laughs) Don't you hit me again. That's enough, Cole. Don't mark her up. Right. You'll do it, won't you, my dear? Because if you don't, you'll take the rap for those other perjuries of yours and your ex-father-in-law will wind up in the morgue. I'll continue with this interesting story in a minute. That was the story that Evie Hunt told me. The story that had brought her to me for protection. But I'm afraid I wasn't in any mood to give it to her. So I took Granger, and I'm not very proud of the story. The photographer Medicine took the picture, and then I got scared, and I came to you. This watchman, you said he was your ex-father-in-law. How do you mean, ex? My husband died all overseas. After that, I guess I, I thought it went to pieces. Well, if I were you, I'd go to the police headquarters and tell my story. Well, if I do, they'll kill the old man. I'll go to the pen. I'll have done nobody no good. Except wreck the fixer. Who is he? Alvin Julius. Alvin Julius. Never heard of him. Not many people have. He poses as an investment broker. Owns a couple of finance companies. Helps people out of trouble. He helps you in. I don't know what I can do for you, Evie. If I tried to assist you, I'd be aiding and abetting perjury. Oh, Granger, for the love of heaven, give me a break. I'm giving you a break right now by not calling the cops and telling them the story. I'm going to give you another one. Thanks. 
Then I ask her to leave my place. Gonna wait five minutes, then Center Street gets a story. You won't help me? Not one single bit, little lady. Now, scram. All right. All right, I'll go. I sat in my easy chair, facing the door. The clock ticked its way five minutes into the future. They're outside. They're waiting for me. So what? They'll beat me up again. They'll force me to go on to that witness stand and tell more lies. Did I lose any sleep over that? I want you around here as much as an army of termites. Oh, no, please. I'll make a bargain with you. What bargain? You hide me. I'll give me just 24 hours. And then I'll tell the police everything I know. You lied before to a judge and jury. Why should I believe you? I hear someone coming down the hall. Might be one of the termites. Oh, thank you. I'm scared. Quiet. What do you want to do? Nothing. Our friend is leaving. to the window and opened the blinds, making certain I wouldn't be seen from the street. A minute later, a figure sauntered across, wandered into a doorway and became invisible in the night. Is he watching this place? Can you see him? Don't move in front of the window. There's parts in the doorway. I'll never get out of here. They're going to kill me. I don't think so, Evie. You're worth more as a material witness than a corpse. Is he still there? I think so. Wait. Another guy's going over now. Come here. What? That's your friend, Mr. Julius? Oh, it's too dark, I can't tell. Uh-huh. Who are you calling? Never mind. Police Department? What? This is Steve Granger. Listen, I've been watching a couple of characters down on the street in front of my apartment. They act like prowlers. Yeah. Directly across. You will? Thanks. Granger, they're standing out in the light now. I recognize Cole Martell. Which one is Martell? The shorter one on the left. Starting across the street. Seems like I was getting ready to tell borders. Uh-oh, the boys in blue must have been right in the neighborhood. Please, they're talking to the two men. Listen. You're getting out of here. There's a stairway down the back way. The door is bolted. Open it. Go down the alley and start running. The train track... The Rex Hotel on East 41st Street. The night track's name is Nick Brown. Tell him I said to him to hide you out. Use the name Ann Gray. It'll be easy for you to remember. So why can't I just hide up here? Those cops will be at this door in five minutes. Would you like to answer a lot of embarrassing questions now? Would you like to wait until I take you to the clink personally? <laughs> Hunt slipped out the door and disappeared down the back way. She barely made it, because a minute later, I had two of New York's finest at my door asking questions. I answered them with simple platitudes, and they went on their way. It was too late at night to do more. So I engaged in a few hours of more restful operation between the sheets. The following morning, 
Because I had questions, I dropped in to see my newspaper friend, Cal Hendricks. Hi, Steve. What do you want now? I want you to do something for me. I do it myself, but I'm afraid I'd be recognized. The lady has a husband? The lady in question happens to be a perjurer. I feel like I was carrying a landmine around in my clothes. Send him to a demolition center. <clears throat> what about this lady, Lyle? There's a guy named Alvin Julius. There's his address. He's supposed to be an investment broker, but uh, according to this girl, he placed alibis for our criminal citizens. The word is fixer. Precisely. Now, uh, try and get to him in a legitimate way. See what you can find out for me. Okay, Steve, we'll do. I left Cal's place and went down to police headquarters to check on a picture of Cole Martell and on the condition of the night watchman who'd been shot. He was in the hospital, but they thought he'd pull through. Then I headed back to Cal Hendricks' apartment, hoping he'd managed to get some information for me by now. His door was open. Cal? Hey, Cal, where are you? That's funny. He wouldn't go out and leave his door open? Cal? Cal! I saw him. He was lying just beyond the door to his bedroom. When he was horribly still. And suddenly I was angrier than I'd ever been in my life. Whoever did this was going to pay with interest. In just a moment, I'll bring you the climax of the case. Seeing my friend Cal Hendricks lying in it on the floor of his apartment sent a sudden cold chill creeping up from the base of my spine. I moved over to him and with a sigh of relief saw that he was still breathing. Uh, Cal! Cal! Uh, what happened to you? Oh, help me up. Get get me some ice for my head. I, I feel like the morning after two nights before. Oh, oh. There you are. Oh. Can you stand up? Yeah, but I wish the room had stopped sneaking around. All right. What happened? Well, I went to see Alvin Julius. He acted like a very nice gent operating a very nice business. Also, he wasn't interested in me or what I wanted. Of course uh, I was out before I was in. Who slugged you? Well, I came back here. Doorbell rang. I opened the door. No one was there. Then as I poked my head out to look down the corridor, I got it. Now, why? Why would anyone want to slug you? Holy cats, I'll bet I've been robbed. Cal Hendricks and I went through his place and found nothing missing. He described his assailant in accurate verbiage, and then emerged a clear, concise picture of Cole Martell. Then Cal made a discovery. Granger, my revolver, it's gone. In that case, I'd better give you the whole story. I finished telling the story, asked Cal to check the old watchman, dug up the name of the other witness, and got on my way. The boy named Harry Garnett, who worked in the place that had been robbed, lived uptown. Yeah? I'm Steve Granger. I'd like to ask you a couple of questions about that holdup the other night. Were you a police officer? I'm a private investigator. Now, could you describe the man who shot the old watchman? Well, remember anything about the way he was dressed? Well, no, not exactly. Didn't you give a description to the police after you called them? Well, yeah. 
You're a little vague today, aren't you? Well, gee, Granger, I just don't remember. The boy looked badly scared. I began to wonder why. After thanking him, I got on the phone to Lieutenant Jake Rankin at headquarters. Sure, we got a witness come shoot. A man who saw Martell out of the place. But that boy, Harry Garnett, he got a good on him, too. I wouldn't be too sure. I just talked to Garnett. So? His description is vaguer than a politician's alibi. I hung up on the headquarters man and beat it up to my office. I wanted in some way to get the name of the photographer who'd taken the picture of Evie and Cole, which was to be a large part of his alibi. I called the Rex Hotel where Evie was hiding out. Hello? Evie, this is Granger. Anybody bother you? No. When you told me about Julius and Cole, Julius said something about a sidewalk photographer. Know his name? Bamford. Yeah, I think so. What firm? Do you know? No, I don't. Uh, too bad. Hey, pal. See you later, kid. You want me, mister? You the private eye? Suppose I am. My girl got herself lost. I kind of want her back. You tried the police? I don't think the police could help me. But I could. If huh? there was enough money in it for you. Keep saying words. I don't even have to mention this girl's name. You know I. I don't think I do. Would 500 be enough? You're buying me off, eh, Cole? I don't know what you're talking about. You liar. You're the guy who shot that watchman. You're the guy who slapped Evie Hunt around. Take your hands off me. You followed her to my apartment. You and your pal were staked out around the place. Let's go. I... See? Hey, Steve. I... He got to you, eh? Now coming up here, I saw him leave. I had a hunch things weren't good. No, they weren't. Ooh, my head's got more lumps on it than a pineapple. He's the same one who tagged me. Uh, yeah. This is Rankin Granger. The hospital just called me. The watchman? He died of that kind of shot wound. That makes Cole Martell a candidate for the chair. Cal Hendricks and I went to work, checking street photographers. After an hour of this, we located an outfit that employed a man named Bamford. His boss told me that Bamford didn't show up for the work this morning. That I don't like. Well, this is his door. It's open. Looks funny. I know. I'll slam the door all the way open. All right. Nobody home, I guess. Shades are pulled down. Let's find a light. You're wrong, Cal. There is somebody home. But permanently. Look. We get nothing from him. He's deader than yesterday's news. Let's see. You going through him? Sure. Here's his wallet. Driver's license. This is Bamford, all right. Better notify homicide. Well, there's the gun that must have done the job. Uh-oh. What's wrong now? 
Don't you recognize it? I a dirty, double-dealing crook. He used my gun. Cal Hendricks notified headquarters. We hung around and told what we knew, which was a little less than minus zero. I had an idea and put it into execution. You're the doorman on duty here? Yes, sir, I am. How long have you been on? Since eight this morning. I'm wondering about a young woman who left uh, this hotel this morning. Uh, you aware of the hotel's patrons? Oh, yes, sir. Especially the young women. I can see right now that you and I are going to be great friends. The doorman had an eye for the girls, particularly the one I had in mind, Evie Hunt. He'd seen her come out of the hotel with a man whose description was that of Cole Martell. But that was all that he remembered. I looked up Evie Hunt's address in the telephone book and headed there. People in her building said she hadn't been around for a day or two. I went up to her floor and investigated personally. This was it. A one-room apartment. He could have stuck into a packing crate and had room left over. It was a typical girl's apartment containing a lot of distaff disarray that afforded me nothing in the way of information. I closed the door behind me and went back downstairs. I was walking towards the front door of the building when I saw him. Him referring in definite terms to a witness named Harry Garnett. He was pushing an answer button, and by straining myself all out, it wasn't too hard to see it was the button under the name Evie Hunt. When he left, I followed him. When he arrived at his destination, I noted it, sprinted for a phone, and made a date with Cal Hendricks. How come you didn't call Rankin down at headquarters, or are you under the impression that the police department isn't interested? I thought of that, Cal. Then I thought of the way that uh, Cole Martell slugs you. Oh, yeah. And took away your revolver. Oh, what are we waiting for? Cal, I don't know what this caper is, but I have a pretty good idea. And you do. Some kind of payoff going to take place. Just where are we, if you don't mind releasing that bit of news? Treading down the corridor towards Alvin Julius's apartment. Oh. And here we are. Just before we go on, let's press an ear to the door. Oh, you're really gone, but there. First you shoot the old what? I had to. Then you slug that reporter. I'll finally go up to Granger's office and get rough with him. The only smart person around here is Harry. Oh, yeah. He did what he was told and kept his mouth shut. I'm afraid you're of no more use to us, Cole. Hey, Harry, put down a gun. And you might as well get rid of her, too, Harry. Her. Come on, Cal, and we go. <laughs> Hold it, Julius. You too, Harry. Where did you come from? See him. Look, on the floor. Sure, that's Evie Hunt. She was the real leader. She was going to use me as a blind when Julius and Harry decided to get rid of her. See, look out. <laughs> Well, friends, that's the story. I'll be back to wrap up the case in just a minute. Harry Garnett tried a quick shot. 
But he must have been nervous. It went wide. And I got him in the arm. Cal Hendricks stood by while I called Rankin at headquarters. Even after Julius and Harry Garnett blurted out their confessions, he was still in a mental haze. I escorted him back to his place. Steve, I don't get it. I thought Evie Hunt came to you for help. Sure she did. Uh-huh. She pleaded that uh, she didn't want to testify for Cole. And for a good reason. Oh, I don't get it. Well, the leader was Evie Hunt. Not Alden Julius. But Julius and Garnet were ready to take over. So she saw a good chance to get rid of them. But she'd have to take the rap for perjury. <laughs> What's a year or two compared to life? Or the chair? Oh, I don't know, Steve. Aren't there any more nice girls around? Pardon me, Cal. Hey, uh, what are you doing now? Calling a nice girl. Steve Granger again. You've just heard one of the most interesting cases in my files. And I'll have another one for you. So be around next time. Oh, yeah.